0: Welcome to the Minnesotan Pod. This morning we bring Kurt Sauer into the mix. We're going to hear about Kurt, his family, five siblings, his mom and dad, uh, Kurt and Peggy, um, and all the things that shaped his life and all the great experiences the Sauer family have had in the great sports world here in Minnesota. One of the great families in sports. We're going to hear all about him today. Hope you enjoy it. Love
1: is a burning thing, and it makes a fiery ring. Bound by wild desire, I fell into a ring
0: of fire. Well, good morning, sir. How are you doing today?
1: Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: This is going to be a lot of fun, Um, kind of a a one-of-a-kind pod. Usually, it's all about you, right? It's like, you know, tell about your life story, you know, successes, failures, all that stuff. Today, we're going to have – we got a lot of characters in this play. Um, Your parents, we talked a little bit about them before the show. Um, You had a great athletic career. Your brother, Michael, did. But so did your brother, Craig, and Kent, and your sister – Kelly and uh, teen, as you call her, That's right. Christine, uh, she, hers got a little short changed uh, early in her life. But we're going to talk about those guys as well and what it looks like growing up in the sour household. You excited for this?
1: No, I'm, I'm excited. It was, it was a good time. It was a good time growing up there.
0: Um, so was it always Sartell? Maybe we should start there.
1: You know what? Um, we moved off a little hobby farm in Gilman when I was eight months old. So for me, it was always Sartell.
0: Okay, Same and you're house. number and you're number four in the family. Number four, and before, let's just get it on the table right away. You said this to me, and I'm like, I gotta get to this right away. We'll talk about each of your siblings, but you said the oldest three, Craig, Kelly, Kent, were by far the best athletes. Yeah, they're the most dynamic
1: <laughs> athletically. Yeah, so uh, you know, my little brother was high in skill, especially in hockey. Um, That's Michael. He, yeah, and I would say he was a little more. The skill he showed was, you know, not as easy to see f- by by a person or the layman. Where when you look at Kelly, you know, my sister, you look at Kent and Craig, anybody could see that right. they were the best out on the field.
0: Right. Just right. what it does. Okay, and but. If you look at the math, uh, Kurt, you played in the NHL. Michael played in the NHL. That's okay. saying something. And Craig obviously played in the NFL for a handful of years. Yeah. Four or five years, maybe?
1: That's correct. He was down in Atlanta for three then came up for the Vikes for basically, let's call it a year and a half.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, so let's start. Before we get to your siblings, uh, I think your your parents, uh, Peggy and Kurt, know he's a C-Kurt and you're a K-Kurt, correct?
1: Yeah. He didn't want me to be a junior. All right. That was the big thing. Didn't want me to be known as a junior.
0: All right. So, your dad uh, was somewhat of an athletic hero too. Did he go to? Is he from Royalton? Royalton High School?
1: Yeah. So Royalton, just above St. Cloud. Um, that's where you know they were both born and raised in Royalton. And he, yeah, he was. He was actually a uh, basketball. He he played. You know, in a small school, you played all sports. So football, basketball, and baseball. And he he had a. Some scholarships for basketball, but instead, when he got drafted by the Twins, he went off and played baseball instead.
0: So how many years of minor league baseball did he play? You know what, to tell you. Two or six or?
1: Just, you know what, I don't even know the exact. Yeah. But I can tell you how it ended.
0: Okay, great. You know, He was in the Twin system the entire time? Yeah, yeah. So So some scout must have heard about this kid from central Minnesota and said, we got to get him, right?
1: Well, yeah, he was pitching on town team as like a seventh grade. He was their starting pitcher. Stop. Yeah, it. no, like he was he was playing against men early, early, early on. And when you played on the twins, the catcher there, they didn't have radars. Right. And and all they had was a catcher, and he was there was two guys that were the hardest thrower, and he was one of the two. Right. So he was he he must have threw a hard ball. That's all I know. He must have threw heavy.
0: Now we talked a little bit about uh I know you and your brother. Oddly enough, Kent, yes. which is really confusing, by the way. If I screw up to the, if I don't screw up to the, it'll be a miracle, right? <laughs> um, but he's a big lad. You're a big lad. Was your dad a big lad, or how? Where does he rank in his family as far as how big he is?
1: No, my my dad was big. Um, okay. he was big. But I think his his brothers, like Uncle Sid, was yeah? bigger. Really, he was a mountain of a man. Big dude. Um, big people. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so my dad was big, but I once he was definitely not the biggest boy, but he probably couldn't move the best. Okay, Uh, you know I think Uncle Sid would have had him in alignment, right? Right. Right. But he's,
0: you know, I look at my dad was more of a tailback or right right receiver, quarterback,
1: whatever he wanted, linebacker, whatever kind of he wanted to play that kind of more. Kind of like your brother Craig, right? Whatever. Or the rest of the family. Yeah. But uh, you know, I have a my third kid. You know, he's six foot one, two thirty, and people get a will call his weight off by 40 pounds. They'll think he's 190. Really? He's just a big human being.
0: I've seen him. He's you know, a big kid.
1: Yeah, and then you got Kent, like it's always fun, you know, my my I do, I'm dwarfed by my brother Kent. Yes. Dwarfed. And people are like, you know, I you don't have to go far from my house to understand that. You just ask one of my boys and like Dad? When I hug you, I can I kind of wrap you. When I hug Uncle Kent, I think I just get his ribs, yeah. <laughs> you know, just the side ribs. So big people.
0: It's true. And the, the, one of my favorite stories that you've shared with me about him being a few years older than you, uh, I think it was like you said, I spent one summer outside because Kent scared me so much.
1: Yeah. You know what? Uh, you know what? It was, it was a good life. Mom, mom worked part-time. She worked at the hospital. So three days a week, she would go to work. Two days, she didn't. And so if, if the – Those are the wrong two days, yeah, right? and if the ripple happened, if I happened to throw a little stone, maybe a piece of sand, touched that water and made a ripple, all of a sudden I had an older brother that was calling me on it. And, I, and our storm door took a beating, took a beating. <laughs> we would run out, and most people have to push a lever to go out their storm door. Well, we would just jack it and never worked any you – know, I don't know if it ever worked. Per se as it should yeah but my my mythology of getting chased by my brother kent was i had to make it to the neighbor's mailbox which uh the bedenberg's neighbor box mailbox we played with <laughs> all the time but he never really chased me past that so i won't even you look knew up. right i i never got chased past that and so i wouldn't even look back until i hit that mailbox said you and could then, look then i would check if he's in the road or not if he's in the road i just would keep running and then he would walk back as long as he made me run far enough. And then I'd just hang out outside a little bit.
0: I'm having PTSD about my uh, being the youngest in my family. I've, I spent yeah. many times running out the door and getting chased.
1: That's right. And there's, you know what? Nothing wrong with it. No, nothing no, wrong. It teaches
0: with you, it. makes you tough, right? Makes you tough. Or faster. Or faster. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. All right. So, all right. So, Kurt was an athlete. Uh, tell me a little bit about your mom. She's you. You. you, know what, you my see, mom, your your eyes eyes sparkle when I use your talk about your mom. Yeah, I love my mom,
1: and uh, so she was the lead cheerleader. Right? She played when there was no sports. I always smile. Um, you know, she was kind of her. Her mom was the teacher of the. Of the community was an elementary teacher, but yeah, she she's a, she's a motivated lady. Let's just put it that way. She she got things done. Um, she took care of us. Did a great job. You know, she'd hold down the home front. Dad would be working. He was a drywaller a subcontractor, so he ran his own business there. But yeah, my mom she gave me a few nuggets that are just good stories. But they they shape. You know, you don't realize how impressionable. Yeah, a couple stories are until you get down the road and you start thinking back. And, you know, you play hockey, and this story comes up in your head. And you're like, well, there's my mom's voice. Yeah, why don't I do that? You know?
0: So your mom would get, get after you, or no, what would she encourage you, what so, would she do?
1: So, so here are couple stories that really shaped, um, in my eyes, just the way I look at life. One was we were in, uh, I was in fifth grade, uh, and uh, in Sartell. And they had an a Sartel
0: have a hockey association?
1: Didn't have a hockey association, so we had to go to St. Cloud, Cloud Apollo. Yeah. Um they actually got one when I became a ninth grader. It was the first year they actually had hockey, but I was already in the St. Cloud organization right, right. that way. Um and so both me and my brother Kent um played at St. Cloud Apollo. My little brother played at Sarto for a little bit, then he went to St. Cloud Tech.
0: And Craig went to played Sartell. Sartell all the Sartell, way through he Kelly, didn't play hockey
1: yeah Car- Kelly Sartell
0: we're gonna get to Craig and what he would have been as a hockey player we'll, yeah. we'll get to that do, for do sure
1: do you want the story so I want to hear mom story. first let's stay, we're stand top
0: and we're gonna go all the way down to Michael at the end
1: because uh so my mom um two stories that I would say are a couple of the biggest you know ways that I can say really shaped me is so we uh, fifth grade we had a extra project that people got picked for and you're like, what's an extra project? Well, it was a two, three-page paper. You researched it, did an essay. And yeah. you had to do it as extra. No no extra credit, no grade kind of deal. Yeah. It was just, you got picked. And so, anyway, so I'm thinking, man, this kind of sucks, right? I got extra <laughs> homework. My bu- All my buddies don't get it. It's a couple buddies are getting it. But I'm like, I got extra homework. So I do this, you know, put something down. And my mom looks at it, and she's like, you handing that in? And I'm like, I just look at it, and I don't think I said a word, but in my head I was like, yeah. "I guess not. yeah, I guess not." And she sat down with me, and by the end, I had a ten page paper. I had a cover letter that I illustrated. it was on Sitting Bull. I still remember the cover and letter I had like these hieroglyphics that my mom made me do <laughs> on the front and back and made me bi- it made me look like a book, yeah, and now I hi- and she helped me she helped me with this, right? She was typing and like that's one thing. My mom, when she did something, she did it right. Like, she even tells me, I remember in typing class, this is off tangent, but similar to this 10-page, I'm like, man, I can't get 40 words a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, on a computer? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I was doing over 85 on a manual. And that's exactly what I did. I just paused. I'm like, yeah, that's not me. (laughs) That's not me, Mom. But anyways, so (laughs) we do a 10-page report, bring it in. And by the end, the person that was running Mrs. Carr, says, hey, Kurt, can I keep this for next year? And I'm like, sure, use it as an example. No problem. Here you go. You know, you can have it. And so what I, what I learned from that is basically whatever I'm putting my name on has to be my best. Yeah. It's not going half, going three-quarters, going 90%. You can't be proud. So if you're going all in, if you're going to do it, you might as well go all in and, and be worthy of putting in your name
0: and that's probably what your mom impressed you on probably everything you did right
1: everything everything and so then we'll go to a hockey play so i always tell people you know i wasn't the best hockey player but i could handle the two-on-one i could gap up i could handle one-on-ones i could do certain things i had a really good stick um that's you know i could break up plays and so i remember i was in squirts I was at Sock Rapids. We played minor hockey at Sock Rapids because that's where Sartell kids played, Sock yep. Rapids. And there's a county fairground there where, you know, Arena East is. So Arena East is in the county fairgrounds, and I remember the game. I remember. I don't – I can – I know which – it was one of two goalies. I don't know which one. It was, it was either Hinkle, Mary, or Chaika. But long story short, I'm going down taking a two-on-one, and I forced this guy wide outside the dot. Yep. And he basically shot in between the dot and hash marks, on the outside, and he scored short side on my goalie. He scored short side on the ice, right? We're stand-up goalies back then. Yeah, yeah. And uh, scored short side. And I'm like, ah. And I kind of go and don't even think. Take away the pass, push the guy to the outside, you know, whatever, right? I get back in the car, and my mom looks at me and goes, Kurt, you just let him shoot. That was like her comment to me. I'm like mom, what are you talking about? You
0: don't know anything about hockey, right? I, no,
1: no. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm like, let them shoot, let them shoot, let them shoot. Where did I just let a guy shoot? That's what in my head. So I was legitly saying, what are you talking about, mom? She's like, when they scored, you just let them shoot. And when she said shoot, she puts her hands up in a fist and pulls down and goes shoot. And I'm like, are you talking the two on one? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, Mom, I had a two-on-one. I pushed the guy to the outside. I kept the puck to the outside. I gave his work. You know, I pushed the guys to have the worst angle possible. Goalie has to take something away. Right. And that was it. That was the one-block. It was a two-block drive, silent the rest of the way. And on the way home, I'm like, well, you don't need to let him shoot. Is that what you said? In my head, no. Oh, yeah. In my head, because I just had my mom saying, let them shoot. And I'm like, Mom, you don't know anything about hockey. I don't want to hear it.
0: Right, right. I'm, right. That's, what, so I, that's I'm what my brain would have said. I'm 11 yeah. years old telling yeah, yeah. my mom this. You yeah. know?
1: And, uh, but on the way home, it just keeps ringing. You, you let them shoot. Kurt, you let them shoot. You let them shoot. I'm like, yeah. Why do I have to let them shoot? You know. So on a two-on-one, I was really good at that in the NHL. And I think... That's what I was able to do is I was able to handle a lot of time two guys and versus some guys only handle one. And we can get into that later, a little bit on yeah. my career. But I could play defense against the third, fourth lines, as well as the first line. I couldn't play offense against any of them. <laughs> but the two-on-one.
0: Hence the plus-minus.
1: There you go. But the two-on-one, just let them
0: shoot. Right. All right. So let's just rock. So we got through mom and dad. Oh, yep. dad. Uh, I want to hear the dad. Uh, your first time on skates, or one of the first few times on skates, you didn't exactly look like an NHLer out there. No. Um, was it? Are you going to blame the skates, or are you going to blame your athletic ability? Well,
1: actually, I'm going to blame Centennial Hardware Sports Star. All right, here we go. Good, okay. good, good, good. So, anyways, they did we, the old grow into it. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll start back a little bit because so we were good athletes. Yeah. When and so how me and Kent actually got into hockey? We were the first ones to get into hockey. Dad knew nothing about hockey, but we were swimmers, and, you know, I took state in swimming as, like, an 8-, 9-year-old. My brother was, I am, Kent was, you know, I remember he had, like, a 100-some temp, took second in state. We were probably one of the better swimmers for our age group in Minnesota. Really? Yeah.
0: Even Kelly?
1: Kelly, yeah. She swam, too, and that's yeah. how we got into it. We didn't take swim lessons. Dad just says it's three for one. We're all in the pool. Right. And Kelly swam competitively, and, yeah, she was really good, and we competed in state, right? And uh, the swim coach goes to my dad, and he's like, Kurt, you know, your kids are really good swimmers. And if you're a really good swimmer in Minnesota, your kids will be kind of average. Right. Because he's like California kids. It's like golf or baseball, Florida, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, right? Yeah. You know, you have to be exceptional, right? There's You can make it, but it's just not. But he's like, if your kids play hockey in Minnesota, because your kids are good athletes, if they play hockey in Minnesota, and they're the best hockey players... Then they'll be one of the better ones around. And Dad thought about that and said, yeah, you know what? You're right. So when the hockey season came up, we went to Centennial Sports Store, puts down his credit card, and he outfits me and my brother Kent in gear.
0: Stop. So it wasn't a kid from the neighborhood said come and nope. play.
1: that was it. And so we went to Centennial Sports Store, got all dialed in, and we went out. And now Kent took off like, you know, duck and water. Just Boom. He yeah. Ate more like a chicken in water, right? I was right. done. <laughs> yeah. And – my feet folded in, I would be, well, if you took a picture of me, I would be the bender. Like, that's what they would be like. Look at that bender because my ankles were folded. I remember they were black plastic, had the boot that was removable.
0: Oh, God. You know
1: what I'm talking yeah, about? They, yes. Like, the old school states. Super comfy. Super comfy. But long story short, the way they would get me to skate is I wouldn't even participate in drills. Mom and dad, whoever was there, would just walk around the rink. And I would literally be on the ledge crying yelling at them to get me off the ice but i said i wanted to play hockey so they said you're gonna finish it you know it's one yeah. of those things
0: right and long story short have you ever had that as a parent <laughs> you have six kids yeah no it, have you had that with one of your kids like you gotta finish
1: you know what i don't know if they ever even came to me and said they wanted to quit yeah you know, I think they already knew the answer. So maybe they did it to mom. Maybe yeah. they go over to mom, Carmen. But they—they, they, I don't remember them, per se, going to me. So, you know, that way. But anyways, they skate around, and Kent's having a great time. Kent was doing great. He was excelling. I was good at football, good at baseball, good at swimming, good at running, good at basketball, good at it. And then all of a sudden, hockey, I couldn't even skate. And so I probably was miserable. And Dad said, there's no way this kid's going to play next year. Anyways, he puts us in a skating clinic. I think your
0: brother Kent said he'll never make it past squirts. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So he put us in a skating clinic in the summer for me and Kent. And and I can't remember the gentleman's name. But he was a power skater. It did some power skating even for, like, the Islanders. So big time, that's what I remember. Um, And after the clinic, my dad said he came up and he said, my skates were too big. That's why I was skating like that. But he didn't say it that way. He, go, he goes up to my dad, who's a big guy, you know, six foot two, 230, 240, you know, similar to all of us. And he goes, if you bring that kid with these skates tomorrow to this clinic, I'm going to punch you in the face. Stop it. Yeah, and th- that's what he told my dad. My dad's like, well, I guess we got to go get some new skates. And we got new skates that fit. I started skating, and dad said there was no way I was going to play the next year. And all of a sudden I decided I wanted to play hockey.
0: So it's all the skates. So it's true.
1: You know what? And, and the, yeah, I think skates is a big deal in hockey, and I think the lie of a stick is another one that's really hard for people to understand. Yeah. But those are the two things, like, if you could get your lie dialed in and your skates dialed in, life
0: gets a lot easier. It does. It does. All right, let's talk about your brother Craig who did not play hockey, but arguably, if you, could, if you look at it, might be the best athlete in the family. You, you think he is. The yeah, way you talk about him, he, with he was. With Craig and
1: Kent, they're just two different animals. But yeah.
0: What did you call them? Did you call them the Bulls?
1: And they, yeah, two Bulls. Yeah, yeah, they're they're both they're both dominant when they were on the fields. Like there was everybody knew who Craig was. Everybody knew who Kent was. I just so Craig would have had to start hockey at like sixth grade. Yeah, and That gave him the option, but he wanted to be Michael Jordan. Right? Was he a hooper? I didn't know. Yeah, that. he was a hooper to start. He loved it. So okay. he's six foot two, six foot three. And in ninth grade, he was doing alley oops. He used to sit on the driveway with radio going, strength shoes on, and a chair, and do thousands jumps, thousand jumps a day. Really? On his own. He Dad said, Dad brings up stories. He's like, Kurt, do you remember running around the house, being timed by your brother while he did dishes? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, when you were little... Your brother, Craig, because we did, the kids did dishes in our house, yeah. just what it was. Mom would help out sometimes, but the kids did dishes, and Craig would, it was in the front window, and Craig, I guess, would holler for us to start, and he would time us, and we would run around our house, and then we would yell when we would cross the finish line, and he would tell us how fast we ran, and he, he would have us do stuff like this all so the time. He was a coach, too. All the time, and we would be able to, we always had two people that would do dishes. The younger kid would do the drawing, kind of get the table empty, that kind of thing, So that was me and Kent. And then the older ones would be in charge of washing and get everything dialed, and that was Craig and Kelly. Yeah. Well, Craig wanted to listen to his own music, and he couldn't listen to the music he wanted to when we were there. So he'd kick us out. He said, if you go outside and play, I'll do your dishes. So we'd go out, and we'd go shoot hoops. We'd go throw a tennis ball against the garage. We'd go run across the street and (laughs) kick a football, whatever. Craig said, just get out and do some kind of sport. Yeah. And that was the repayment. So Craig could have shaped us a little bit as athletes for sure. (laughs) Yeah. But, and then Kelly didn't. She made us stay there. So long story short, mom always goes, Oh, listen, youngest, me and Craig, and then Kelly and Kent. Kelly and Kent got in fights all of a sudden. Really? I would have to go with Kelly. I went from Craig getting outside to play, now I'm buckled into the kitchen doing dishes. Wasn't a good trade off for me. I thought Kent kind of won the better one of that one. he yeah. got the fight with Kelly, and he got a better deal out of it, and he got rewarded for it. I thought that. I thought I'm as sensing, a I'm thing, sensing some, that was bad. No, that yeah. was a that was a you bad need deal. To make,
0: you need exact some revenge on Kelly. That
1: was a bad deal right there. That was one of the worst <laughs> deals I, I remember. My parents. I'm like, I don't know how you guys came up with this idea.
0: I love but it. Anyway, so yeah, you've said this to me a couple times about. Craig's athleticism, Uh, obviously he was a linebacker at the University of Minnesota, but he came in as a quarterback.
1: Yeah. So, I, you know, people always say, hey, what's more physical? And back in the day, they didn't realize how physical football was compared to hockey. Right. Now they have studies and it's all out there. Like, it's not even close. Correct. But back in the day, they didn't. And I remember Craig's senior year, we, you know, we weren't allowed. My dad said, you watch the game. Oh, really? Basketball football, baseball, six kids. He's bringing us to the game, and we couldn't run around in the back and play catch with our buddies except in halftime. We were sitting down watching the game. So we were watching. Like, we were probably Craig and Kelly's biggest fans. Yeah. Like, just admired them, and they were phenomenal. I always, people, I say, hey, so what hockey did you watch growing up as a kid? I'm like, hockey? Never. Never saw it. Never watched hockey, didn't know anything about the game. It was until I was like 14 when I tried to actually watch it to study it. Yeah. I never watched hockey. It's we hard. It's hard to be it.
0: good without watching it.
1: I, th- I think there's something to be said about that. I hear. You agree. know, like, especially hockey, it's unnatural. But so Craig was going, it was his senior year, and they were going up to Virginia to play this Virginia team that was really good. And they were a bunch of hockey players. And I think the coach quoted, and they said, they, they, the newspaper asked, how are you going to handle the physicality and the speed of this Sartell team? And he's like, our kids are hockey players. They know how to give and take hits. Physicality, no problem. Really? Yeah. So the coach, my brother played free safety. First play Virginia had offensively, the coach called the option, quarterback option. The free safety job is to take out the quarterback. Right. But he called it. And I'm like, I don't know what the coach was thinking because he called option. And I know what my brother, you know, like when I look back, I know exactly what he's supposed to do. He doesn't even care if the ball's out of his hand or in his hand. He takes it the quarterback. Yeah. And literally goes around the corner and pop. QB knocked out. Done. First play. And That was first play. So then the second play, they run a sweep around the other side with the running back. And Craig hits him. KOs him out of the game. First two plays, they knock out the star quarterback and running back. They go on the route. Yeah. That's how good my brother was. You don't, you don't test.
0: Yeah. Um, He goes on to the University of Minnesota. Did you think he was going to play quarterback at the U?
1: Yeah, no. You know what? He was, so he was a phenomenal athlete. Like he, when people say, what's that mean? I'm like, well, like USA Today quarterback out of Minnesota, that doesn't happen often. You know, Miami, Florida State, Anywhere wanted him. He, he could have went anywhere. He blew out his knee in his semifinals games against Delano in the Metrodome. Right. And I think that affected his decision a little bit. But he went to U of M. Um, was, uh, you know, they had a senior quarterback, Marquette went great guy. Um, went and played for a coach, uh, Gouda Quince, and everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, Gouda you know, they parted ways. U of yeah. M parted ways, and Jim Wacker came in and came in with a new QB. And it was his nephew? Yeah, it was his nephew. Fry right. I think it was Shade, something right. like that, right? Right. Yeah, 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 so yeah. you know, good for him, right? Good for the quarterback. But Craig's that that window closed, and he's like, "What else can I do?" Well, he's like, "I can be a linebacker, no problem." So he went from being a quarterback. He weighed
0: like two fifteen. Right. He
1: went. From I being remember a when he first
0: started. I was like, "How is this guy, the safety, going to play linebacker?" And he did.
1: Yeah, he was captain of the team. Did great again. Loved watching him play. I remember him playing, like, Mike Alstott. Like yes. I remember, I remember it was him.
0: like a 59-56 game. Do you remember that game?
1: Right. You know, Marshall Falk. Back yes. in the day, he played them. San Diego, you know, like, yeah. there were some fun guys that I got to watch play against my brother, and it was a good time. So, but, yeah, no, my brother, just to think that a person from QB, so I think he was just, like, a generation ahead. Yeah. Because now that you look at these quarterbacks, they're linebackers. Yes. They run like the wind. They throw the ball. They can. They're agile. Very. And where back in the day it was Dan Marino pocket passer. So yeah, it's not one thing, but I think today, Craig would have, that would have been, the, he would have been a good, good QB.
0: With his athleticism, had he had the opportunity, had your dad gotten the speech from the swimmer six years earlier, <laughs> what kind of hockey player would have Craig been?
1: Oh, man. I would, I would have pictured him like a Mike McDonald. Like, he would have been high in skill high end speed and explosive and he would absolutely drill
0: guys yeah he
1: would have done it all um you think he could have I, made I, the nhl i think he would have been unbelievable in the nhl like michael's career got cut short right so to say where michael would have ended up i know top four defenseman for a long time right top two could he have been more you know what i mean you never right. know right yeah. you never know but craig he would have been a center
0: you're right in the middle of family so you've seen both sides yeah and
1: and i and i was always bad compared to my brother so it's not a big deal that way (laughs) right right? and
0: that's what i just way it
1: is compared my explosiveness wasn't quite as explosive my strength wasn't quite as strong my was never quite as like these other guys my skill wasn't quite as but i figured out a way to play and i think that's one thing I think everybody in the family does have is between the ears it comes down to and the mental toughness. And I know my dad, like he was on the pitching mound, he's like, Kurt, still today I still say it. You know, he'd say, talk to yourself. And so if I have a doubt that would come into my head, I I do real estate. And if I have a doubt that comes into my head, my kids audibly, I will say I'm going to win. I'll just knock that doubt out with... I'm going to win. Wow. And, that, and that's, and that's one way I would get through a lot of my, you know, through a lot of things is that, cause doubt's part of everybody's life. I don't yeah. care what you do, but dad would say, you got to talk to yourself. You got to visualize, you got to know where you're going. You got to have a purpose. So he would tell us the right um, our goals and Kent would literally, you know, on the, on our ceiling. So we, the first thing we do and the last thing we do each day is look up and wo- look at what we want to do and where we want to be. Wow.
0: You what know, was yours?
1: You know what? I never put my goals up.
0: Because you're embarrassed or? Because
1: I had Kent next to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I I never did. Because he would cause have made fun of you, right? He would have made fun.
0: This is so, like, to this day. I know day, what it's like.
1: To this day, you know what I'm scared of? Gardener snakes.
0: Yeah. I'm scared of them. Which words? Gardener snake or Kent?
1: Well, they're they're one and the same now. Okay. Yeah. But my brother used to chase us with these gardener snakes.
0: Oh, my God. Right?
1: Just chase us. And I never knew. And all of a sudden, he gets to older, and when he sees a gardener snake, he's like, oh. And he would say how bad it is. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You used to chase us with these. He's like, I'm just making sure you were as scared of those as I was. Right. You know what I mean? God. So little stuff like that. That's so a genius. So yeah,
0: he is, actually.
1: <laughs> so long story short, the you know he would have his up there. So I'm sure I even got to look at his goals. Yeah, but I know I would go through mine in my head. Yeah, I know before bed, Dad, Craig Craig would basically say, how many push-ups did you do before bed? We had this nine at nine. I would do push-ups and sit-ups through all nine songs.
0: Really? Because
1: the next day, Brother Craig was going to ask what how I mu- did. Really? Every day.
0: How much older is he than you?
1: Uh, nine years. Nine years. So he, he was a little bit of an idol, right? Yeah, so he was... He
0: was 14 you were five right? correct
1: so that's probably when he was timing us around the that's
0: around right. the house <laughs> he's 16 you're seven yeah right?
1: he used to He he's we we he probably he came th- home from Sartell
0: from the U and was checking in on you right yeah so
1: he's ninth to twelfth grade he's there starting QB yeah and I remember running routes across the road for him and he would be throwing a ball at us and I would still try to catch this is like a
0: a regulation ball when you're like seven or eight years old you
1: tell me how big it is oh my gosh and it was just size a pumpkin right (laughs) right and I was never able to catch them. Ken actually had nice meds Kent could catch them. like Craig used to send us out in the outfield and hit baseballs and we were probably five six years old Kent would be able to catch them, not so much me it's just the way it was but I remember those footballs I was never strong enough to grab it. Never strong enough. Never strong enough. So I would have to try to. The only chance I had is I would have to let the nose of the ball hit my wrist, inside wrist, and it would bruise. Yeah. But that was the only way. And every time that was the only way I knew I could catch a ball is I'd have to have it actually hit my arm perfectly so i could actually catch it
0: yank it in all right let's talk about kelly uh you've told yeah. me she was quite the athlete as well she has some state records or top yeah, 10 score you know and i hoops, believe yeah right? so
1: i always say this is the way i she was basketball like so she started in eighth grade playing varsity she was phenomenal basketball player she did swimming but basketball i always tell people when she ended she was eighth all-time scoring in minnesota she could have been better could have been worse yeah but in my head that's what I remember, and I hold that. And, like, even my brother Craig. Now, you did know, she go to Sartell? She went to Sartell. Right. You know, like
0: you guys went to Apollo, right? We
1: went to Apollo. Same right. house. One, well, Sartell, we lived across from the school property. Right. So it was nice and easy, and then all of a sudden, when we went to Apollo, it was a lemon minute drive.
0: Not that right. far. No, no, no.
1: But, yeah, Kelly was unbelievable at basketball. Like, she was unbelievable. Now, did they go to state
0: and stuff? Did she, she didn't make
1: state. Really? Okay. Like, she didn't make state, but, like, if you needed a big shot to be made, no problem. Put her on the free throw line, no problem. Like Craig calls her ice because she just would drain them. Just drain them. And and I still remember like I never really tested. The only time I can physically remember testing Kent, Kelly or Craig was when Craig actually had a blown out knee. He was a senior. What's that put me at? Nine years younger. Nine years old. And I must have not listened to him or said something. And we had a brick fireplace and i ran around the brick fireplace away from him and i ran out the door yeah and he had crutches and that was probably the only reason why i said anything because in my whole life you said no he couldn't (laughs) catch me i've been here before (laughs) but uh yeah so like kelly and kent and i I would look at it and i always people like say hey you ever test people i'm like well not if i've seen them get tested and realize i can't do anything Right. So, like Craig and Kent both, like Kent was in ninth grade benching over 300 pounds. Biggest guy in school. Yeah. Fast. Just brilliant. And Kelly was, I didn't, I didn't even get close to Kelly's bench press and lifting with her until I was like a sophomore. That's how weak I am. Really? Compared to her. So she was, she
0: was, so she was like lifting and.
1: Yeah, she could, she could throw up weight. Her and Kent could both throw up weight. And I remember in the, Kent was big. I don't know how old we were, but I can still remember in the kitchen, the little alley in the kitchen, and I see Kent go after Kelly. Kent just liked to test people. It wasn't that he was uh, malice about it. It was like, this is going to be fun kind of deal almost. (laughs) And he would test them, and he went at Kelly. And I watch him go at Kelly, and Kelly doesn't move an inch. Really? No move. Just literally, just boom. And I was like, there's no way I'm testing Kelly. No way. Yeah. And and th- to this, that's just the way it was. Like, I had no chance of anybody pushing anybody's buttons above me without getting absolutely
0: slapped. And she went to St. Ben's? She correct? went to St. Ben's, yeah. yeah. So
1: she went to St. Ben's. She was a great basketball player. Again, I would sit on the, in the bleachers. We would watch every game. I still remember her play, and she was a competitor. And she went to St. Ben's, played for a year, and then she uh, went basically to St. Ben's for school, and she went pre-med. Yeah. And right now she's a doctor, and she's, she's phenomenal.
0: That's uh, phenomenal. And I and when I read a story about your brother, and Kelly got as much pudgable hub as your brother about how she's helped him with this post concussion from yeah. his career and stuff like that so yeah, she's, she's doing some good stuff in central minnesota right she's amazing yeah where does she, she live in sartell
1: yeah she's so she's in rice close rice. to the okay. off highway 10 little rock lake but um in that area but yeah no like what she does and what she knows about the uh, concussions it's amazing and you know again we've all had them So maybe it pushed her a little more harder in that direction. But she's always been a giver, always been a server her whole life. Like She's always been there for us. So it's been good. Like that was our mom when mom was gone those two days. Well, Kelly was the mom. Became the mom. Yeah. That's pretty cool. By default a little bit, right? So good, bad, otherwise always comes. You always hear people good, bad, otherwise. But she was always there for us.
0: Um, All right. So we've pretty much tarred and feathered Kent so far in this show. But uh, there's also <laughs> a really good side to this guy. And he's part of the reason I was so excited to talk to you because I've known Kent through, oh, through watching your niece Nora Tarden. play and, and little Cage. He's yeah. not so little anymore. KJ and Stanley. I've done, I've gotten to know his family pretty well. Yeah. Um, let's say something nice about him. Oh, That's just one nice are, are thing.
1: You, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> Talk about nice. No, seriously, Kent has the hugest heart. Yes. You know, he plays hard. But he has a huge heart. And his kids, yeah, no, they're, they're phenomenal athletes. Uh, little Stan, you got KJ, you got Nora. So, you know, they're having fun that way with hockey. Um, but, no, Kent was a phenomenal athlete, like phenomenal person. Um, so me and him, we're only a grade apart. Right. So, you know, the way I got to high school hockey, I, went, I didn't go my second year bantams. Um, I went ninth grade and dad said there's two reasons. And one reason was um, there's going to be three, four kids on that ice that are better than any A player in the in the state, which yep. we didn't have double A's at that time. Yep. And, he, and Kent was one of them. And second reason, I have a ride. Right. And though, so me and Kent, we were we were defensive partners at St. Cloud. Who was the coach was, at Apollo? You know what? It was Mike Hiltner.
0: I was gonna say, was it Hiltner?
1: Yeah. So he, he you know, Hiltner went to, got a full ride, went to Alaska anchorage and then he played over in sweden and i remember even hiltner he, he was the saint
0: cloud times player of the year there's a oh, nice list sure. of players on there for sure he's one of them like
1: he's probably one of the best saint cloud hockey players that come yeah out, right? Corey
0: might be in there cory be yeah. in there too yeah, yeah.
1: He's, he's there and he was a little different time but uh not far off but i didn't see Corey Leyland play yeah i never saw mike hiltner play except against us and so you know how people are swizzling their hips, doing the Mohawks, protecting the puck? Yeah. Well, he came back from a year playing in Sweden, and when he came on the ice, he would do this. Yeah. He never – we never – he should have played more with us, so we learned that. Right. Because right. we couldn't take a puck away from him. We were big dudes. I was still 6'2", 210, can't yeah. And he would swizzle the hips and protect the puck and roll around, and I was like, we would just chase him. It'd be just chasing a tail. He was good. And he's a good person. I yeah. loved him as it. We had uh, John Mendel was another one. We had Troy Fritt. Like we had good Barry. We had good coaches. Like John Mendel literally coached me all the way up. Right. All the way up. So um he played with Mike Hiltner on the nineteen eighty-four. That was like the only team until Pete Manich, who we played with, now coaches St. Cloud. Yep. Um, both Tech and Apollo, but that was the only team to make this day. It was like 1984. they were good. Yeah. They were really good. And Hiltner, yeah, he, w- he was good. And he was a good person, good guy. Still Connect with him when I come up to St. Cloud.
0: Yeah, he still lives up there. Yep. All right, uh, let's get down to the bottom. Uh, We've talked about you quite a bit, and we want to get to some of your pro stuff in a minute, but you got Christine. uh, She's got four kids, four four of the 22 grandchildren that Kurt and Peggy have. Is Christmas at the Sour House just absolutely, can you do it all with 22 grandchildren? It's the best. Or do you have to come in waves? How does it work?
1: That was a blessing of COVID, too. Like, we all activities stopped. So my dad, got, well, he has a pond in the backyard. He got his hockey rink, and it was our early freeze. Yeah, We were, we were skating on the pond in Thanksgiving. There was a ton of that,
0: because in that COVID-20. Yeah, yeah there was.
1: We were, we were skating on the pond in Thanksgiving. Dad goes out, and uh, he would pl- he plows it. He, has, he would melt all the leaves through with the propane, any cracks. He would be fixing with his propane fire torch right. thing. Um, but we had everybody over. And, uh, you know, basically what happened on COVID was, it, we, I shouldn't say we had everybody over. We basically didn't do anything, what, three, four months. Right. right. Didn't do anything. And we're worried about mom and dad. They're up there in age. Yeah, yeah,
0: we yeah, yeah. We don't know yeah. what's yeah. going on. Right.
1: And I have a, Kelly's a doctor and I have a pharmacist and Christine. Right. And they're, they're calling the shots. And all of a sudden, I'm like, no problem. Hey, you let me know when we can do it. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, one day, dad calls up. He's like, when are you guys coming up? I'm like, when our sister's saying we can. Right. Like, well, you can come up anytime you want. Basically, four months in, he was like, if I'm gonna go, I'd rather go see in my family.
0: Oh So I love you, it. you look at it that
1: way. I love it. And we would go up and we'd have these bonfires outside. We'd still try to stay outside, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He has a he has garage. He actually has a separate shed for the grandkids to stay in. So during hunting season, whatever, I've heard summer, about We go fishing on this little river near him. And the kids literally just bunk up in the house. Like, some days I can't go, right? I'm in real estate. Sometimes I can't do You can't right. do everything you want. You're with the kids' activity somewhere else. But they go up there. They sleep. They, they have a, you know, they love it. Um, but COVID year was unbelievable how Grandpa got the ice rink. And that's one thing he loves to do. Gets the ice rink. Made see you guys even,
0: even stronger, right?
1: Well, at least he just gets to see the kids play hockey. And the yeah. kids were able to play hockey because hockey wasn't moving.
0: No, COVID. Shut I'm well down aware,
1: out, right? You know, yeah. So it was a it was a nice blessing in disguise, getting everybody together. Um, obviously, you know, people are like COVID protocols, certain things like that. It was it was what it was. Right. But I look back, and everybody, you know, made it out all right. Yeah. You know, from my side, you know, a lot of people didn't have it. weren't as fortunate. So.
0: All right. So let's talk a little bit about your hockey career because we could do an entire show just on how you got to the pros because it wasn't your standard, you know, play high school hockey for the local team, um, play for the Gophers or play for the Huskies, um, play minors and then go pro. You had quite a swivel around. You were veering in and out of quitting or out of the game, and all of a sudden you had a, a nice career and signed a nice contract uh nhl contract so it was hockey turned out to be awesome for you
1: yeah so basically what how it happened was you know kent left his senior year right i signed a tender with the ushl team same ushl team kent was north gone iowa right north iowa huskies which is now cedar rapids and basically um, signed a tender with them and that coach left then i got a new coach right and the coach you know whatever it was you know I even remember leaving high school and I went and told my high school coach and my high school coach that's awesome Kurt Hilder that's awesome congratulations I wish you the best of luck really yeah so that's the way that was and then uh, at the end of the year though I got a call over the intercom can Kurt Sauer come see the athletic director and I go in and he just didn't think I was ready I'm like, not ready, you know, like he was just giving his opinion, letting me know that high school right. hockey's fun. Stay with your friends, stay at home, da da, da da da. I'm like, it's not my goal. So, you know, see you later, kind of deal, right? Right. And then I go down to North Iowa and I'm playing and I played in preseason some and then all of a sudden I was a healthy scratch.
0: And I'm like, what is going on? And this was your senior year in high school?
1: Well, this is my senior year. So yep. you know, not not unconventional to have a young guy be no. a scratch.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but you didn't even know what that was, I bet.
1: No. <laughs> like, I didn't – and I didn't understand it. Yeah. And, you know, what I didn't understand, it. and I remember sitting up in Waterloo in the arena with the head of Central Scout and Jack And He's like, Kurt, you need to figure out how to play. And I'd look at Jack, and I'm like, I know Jack. He's like, no, you got to get on the ice. I'm like, I know Jack. I think I'm better than a lot of these guys on the ice – but for some reason, I'm not playing. I understand, Jack. I'll get on the ice. You know, you're a 17-year-old kid, your first year away from home, and you got the head of Central Scouting, telling me get on the ice any way possible. So two weeks into it, all of a sudden guys are just leaving, getting kicked off the team. Like D-Men are not good enough, this and that. And all of a sudden I started to play. And by Thanksgiving, that coach had me playing against uh the top lines with this gentleman named Matt DeMarkey who played at University yep. of Minnesota. The I was actually kid, right? Bemidji kid, yeah, yep. and I, pl- I was we, we were roommates, and so then we were playing partners ever since. We were playing against top lines. We had Matt Medvez, a few other kids on it, but Matt Medvedev, Demarky, were the big two D, and I got to play, you know, alongside Matt, which was a lot of fun. grew grew a lot in that, and I just didn't know if I was any good. I just so now I'm playing against top lines. I go from being a healthy scratch in what month, two months, probably four weeks, right. After that healthy scratch, I'm playing against top lines. I'm like, what is going on? I still talked to my coach, and I asked him. I'm like, Steve, he's in commercial real estate. And I'm like, Steve, what's going on? He's like, you're the young guy. I'm like, it had been nice to know. You know, it would have been who's, nice who's Steve? to know. Steve Nelson. I was, was going to say Steve Nelson. He's our coach. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. And after, so after that year, he went to C.C., yeah. And and was assistant coach there. He left, so now I got a new coach. So I'm going through with my third coach in the USHL, and I go up to tryouts, and Kent did a year in Duluth, and he headed to the WHL, right? Which team Portland. did he go to? Portland, Portland Winterhawks. Okay. And his advisor's name was Jeff Solomon. Um, the assistant to Jeff was Ben Hankinson, who now people know from Octagon, and right. you know common name around yeah. Minnesota, Hankinson. So Ben still doing agency that way, but. Long story short, they were my agents throughout the career, but Jeff's like, why don't you go see if you're any good? Because that's what I want to do. Because in all reality, I didn't want to go to school. Craig went to school as a football player. And he's like, I want other, and he's like, I want to bend, you know, business management and marketing degree, whatever. He's like, I was spending eight hours, six hours on football, doing a few hours in the classroom, and it was relatively simple in the classroom. For you him. Know, yeah, for him. yeah, And he's like, Kurt, if you want to be an anesthesiologist, there's no way you're going to juggle both. I'm like, basically, that's what it, it came down to. If you want to be, you know, go pre-med, you're going to have to probably give up football, uh, hockey. I'm like, well, that's no problem. I just want to see if I was any good. So, USHL, I was going to go to the USHL that year, go down right. to Cedar Rapids, try it out, and I wanted to see if I was any good. So... Jeff Solomon got me hooked up with Spokane Chiefs, and so I went out to camp. But I before we went out to camp, um, the coaches for my new coach came over, and my o- the assistant from the year before, Dave Larson, played at the U of M uh, at Minnesota, came over and said, "Kurt, hey, we need you. You're going to be our captain." You know, Dave's like, "You're going to get whatever." At, this is in Cedar Rapids. This is Cedar going to Cedar Rapids, yeah. and they're sitting in my Sartell kitchen table. And no problem. I'm like, you know, Dave's telling me, Kurt, you're going to get any college you want, this and that. And all of a sudden, the head coach says, I don't think you're good enough. I think you're going to eat it up out there.
0: In the W. Yeah,
1: he's like, I saw, I, there was this guy who fought at camp named Justin Misek, and I we didn't I didn't beat him up bad, and I didn't beat him up or whatever. And he's like, you're just going to get beat up out there. It's not, you're going to get chewing up. It's," And I'm like... Oh, he doesn't like me. Right? Right. He, he doesn't like me. I got one guy telling me I'm gonna be captain, the other guy says I'm not good enough. So well, he, all of a sudden, you know what and you
0: and you uh, coach. He, he was just trying to He was
1: probably playing good scare cop, you. Yeah. Good cop, or, bad cop. Or, yeah. Right. But I don't know if you go into any recruiting situation and tell a guy how bad they are. So, ever. I'm sure he re, he switched it because he actually is one of the most successful USHL coaches ever uh, now, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. Carlson. So, he's a, he's a great oh, coach. Oh, was
0: Carlson the, the backup? Yeah, that You're was talking the about? Oh, that, my It was gosh. his
1: first year in, and that was it. So, he obviously, he switched it around. Yeah. You know, changed the tune because now he's one of the best coaches in USHL or most winning in USHL yeah. history. So, even I look at back, the guy who tendered me was PKO Hanley. Yeah. He just stepped down. One Another of you. like, those are the 600 two, wins, right? yeah, yeah. two coaches. So, long story short, I go to Spokane, and I'm playing, and nobody's that good. You know, you're talking WHL, and I'm out there, and I'm like, hmm, what's going on here? And there were some good guys, but nobody was exceptional, right? Right. I was, nobody was, you know, quite, at least that I saw. And so I'm playing, and... Dad goes into the coaches, and we're winding down, right? You have to pay to go, so you keep your NCAA eligibility. Right. And they said they wanted me to stay, and Dad goes into the coaches, and he's like, okay. So my kid actually wants to go to college. But, you know, there's a couple different routes, yada, yada. But if he stays, he just wants to know that he's going to play. I need to know he's going to play, that this isn't just a ploy that, you know, one and done, you know, he – could likely go back and get a full ride and go to college. And the coach looks at my dad and says, he's going to play. My dad asked him again, he's like, he's going to play. And from the time I hit the ice, I played with a second-rounder named Kyle Rossiter against the other team's top lines. Immediately, first penalty kill. Never saw a PP minute. You know, that's kind of the status quo for me. Never saw a power play minute. But started the game, big minutes. And from then on out, and, you know, and and that's where I kind of – really really learned to play hockey you know i'd play against these first rounders and that coach's name was mike babcock so he saw something in me and he played me as he said to my dad so he read me saw it and he thought i can get this guy to play for me
0: so uh, go through the drafting process you got drafted by colorado colorado but they never signed you, correct?
1: Yeah, so it, that's an interesting it's story. It's weird,
0: and then, and then you ended up with Anaheim with Babcock. Yeah. Right? But go back to not getting signed. It seems weird that you wouldn't have got signed. If, with all the minutes, you gobbled minutes in the WHL. That usually means you're going to get a at least an AHL contract. Yeah, so right?
1: we had it actually all dialed in at Colorado. Had a contract all dialed in. So it was a, it's a three-year entry-year deal. Right. I was going to sign, uh, basically I was going to sign with them, but – that first year, and I would go play or whatever, few games in the AHL, and that first year was going to be wiped. So it really was going to be like a 2.1 years. And I was going to get a signing bonus, this and that, and it was equivalent to this. You know, like it was a whole different math deal. Anyway, so we agreed to this with Jeff Solomon and, uh, you know, Colorado. And when they brought it back up the line to the GM, the assistant GM we were dealing with, the GM said, that's not the parameters that I gave you. You have to go back to them and tell them, we're not, ta- yeah, we're, we can't accept this deal. We need three years for that. And when Jeff's, when we heard that, she, he's like, well, back in the day, you actually would go back and play your 20 year old year, and then you became a free agent. Free agent, yeah. So there was a chance, right? With injury, yeah, whatever, or there's a risk reward kind of thing. So I went back. Did great. Bet on yourself. Bet on myself. And I did get the money I, I needed to and more money than what was offered. And From it went, Anaheim. From Anaheim. And the other ones was New York Rangers. So I thought it was great to have New York, a big money team. Yeah. And then it was Anaheim. So then when I went into camp, it was good times. But Babcock had a certain penalty kill, and we ran this penalty kill in juniors. Right. It was simple. And we used that penalty kill to be the second best in the NHL. Right? And then I always find that funny. We, we did, I'm going ahead of myself, but the best part about this penalty kill is we used it to be second best. The next year, everybody used it, and all of a sudden we dropped down to 11th really quick. Really? Just showed personnel does matter. But the system that Babcock had us running in had our personnel at second. When everybody else grabbed that system, we became
0: 11th. So you went, and I, I don't have my your 8-year DB in front of me here, so you went from the W to the NHL? Yeah. No time no minors. in San Diego or anything? No. it's no.
1: awesome. Yeah, no, I was I, – so I always tell people I could stop and start quick. I could skate in a straight line good. I was not a turner. Hence, if you turn, if you watch guys with pucks, when you have a puck, you turn to switch the angles. When you play defense, it's all straight lines. Right. I was horrible at offense. Right. I was great at defense. So I, I – I look at my points, like you're like, how does that guy even keep a job in the league? Well,
0: You knew your role.
1: Not only did I know my role, but I could play my role against all the lines. And that's how I got my start was a guy got a hurt arm, broke his arm. And uh, one of our top deep men um, scratched in, And so he hurt his arm, and now we're trying to figure out who can play with Brett Clark. And we go through everybody because I'm a healthy scratch in Colorado when I got traded. I was a healthy scratch. No big deal, right? There's lots of things. It's too long to tell. But long story short, Quenville is probably sitting there with Granado and Jacques, and they're like, who are we going to have play with Brett? We're going to try this guy. didn't work out great. Try that guy. It's not going to work out great. And they're like, do we have anybody else? And somebody said, why don't we give Sauer a try? And when I played there, I was able to do the job. And that's actually that little break right there, and that just shows what longevity does for hockey or any sports career or any career in general. But by me not being injured and like, them having an injury open the door where I could actually show that I could play D-man defense against Crosby's, against the big dogs, Joe Thornton, you know, and those types, which you learn a lot when you get to play the best.
0: Right. Um, Coaching-wise, you said you had Quinville, you had Gretzky, you had you had Babcock. Anything jump out at you from those guys, as far as maybe maybe you could take as a coach someday, or you know you you would you know just something you remember, like just what made them different?
1: Yeah, you know what, when we had Gretzky, um, you know this is my exit meeting with Gretzky, so they signed me as a free agent. Now I'm not expensive. Big money, yeah, not expensive. Big money. It was good money money, though. Don't kid yourself. (laughs) Don't kid yourself. But for number one two D men. Not good money, correct, for number three forty men, not good money, yeah, it was good money for a five six guy. It yeah, really was it really was um so anyways, on the exit interview, I go into Gretzky's office and they're they're like, and he's so that, still the coach, he's the coach, all right he's the coach, all Samuels, yeah, no, great people, great people, and he was a players he he just let guys play, that's what he did he like he treated the way he wanted to be treated, I felt, right, so anyways. I go into Gretzky's office, and that year I took—I was on a penalty kill, and I took a shot from Mike Madonna, a slap shot, and it broke my foot. Right, right, and you know, so I—I I lost. We were in fifth place, right in the West, tight race. Like we were on the top of the pile. By the time I came back, we were on the bottom, and that was one of the biggest compliments I got. Is Gretzky said, "I think, Kurt, if you didn't get hurt, we would have made playoffs." He's like the first two weeks. You know, practice of playing, I had no clue why we signed you. Then you started to play games, and you did exactly what we got you here for. And that just shows you how bad I was with skill, right? Puck, stuff like that. But when it came to games, that's where I played. And so that was probably the nicest, best exit interview I've ever had in my life.
0: But there's a lot of guys like you now in the NHL. Each team has a couple of those, don't you think? Well, one on the forward side, one on the on the defensive side.
1: I, I think defense, you know, for the product, it's horrible. Right. <laughs> for the entertainment factor, it's bad, right? Like, if you could just have the forwards go down on the goalie and the goalie either make a fit fabulous save or the forwards make a fabulous goal, I think everybody's happy. And then all of a sudden you have these d like one guy named I played with was Ken Klee or Adrian O'Coyne and they would play forever, and they would just be able to slow the game down, make no mistakes, not give anything up, log heavy minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't think the NHL product really wants that. No. So, but you look at Colorado, they had a few guys that yeah. could play D. Yeah. Oh you know, yeah. they had a few veterans on the defense that could slow the game down, that weren't going to make those mistakes. And you look, and they want to stay on the cup.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh I got a couple of stories, uh, a couple of your uh, some sibling <laughs> stories here. Uh, one is referring to a uh, garment bag. Um, did you once not have, a, when you got to the NHL, a, a garment bag? Um, or did you use maybe a plastic Yeah, let's bag? talk about that one. That was <laughs> a be good
1: Because, honestly, so you come into the camp, right? Yeah. And you come in with a suitcase. Come with a suitcase so when they ship you off to the minors, when they ship you off wherever you need to go, You're ready. you have your life in a bag. Right. And people are like, what's that mean? I'm like, literally, my life was in a suitcase. And so we had a day trip. Day trip. We're going to fly to San Jose and play, and we're flying. Uh, going to fly to San Jose that night. We practice in Anaheim, fly to San Jose, eat, sleep, wake up the next day, play, and hop back. I'm coming from the WHL. We play three, four games. We go on road swings, 20-hour road trips, no big. I'm not bringing, I, I, I wasn't bringing my suitcase. So I show up with the laundry bag from the closet of the hotel <laughs> with my toothbrush and, you know, a few other things. And Babcock's like, what is that? <laughs> I'm like, it's what I need, right? And, and so I hop on the bus, and I'm, he's like, get a smaller suitcase tomorrow. And I'm like, all right, coach. You know, I get on the bus. But the best part was Stanislav Chistoff was a rookie right behind me. And he looks at Stan, he's like, hey, where's your stuff? Stan pulls open his suit coat. He had a toothbrush. That was it. That was, that it. was it. That oh, was all the So, yeah. So I wasn't the worst that day, but I did have a plastic. And I guess in all reality, if you saw Stan, you didn't realize he actually had everything he needed for the trip. All a right.
0: Toothbrush. N- next one. Next zinger here. Um, you sign, uh, true or false, you signed your big contract. Uh, We talked about You said it wasn't big money, but it was good. It was great money. And you had a party with your family. Who paid for the pizza that night? Was it you or your dad? I didn't even know if we had a party. I don't even remember. (laughs) Just tell me that. Are you blaming the concussions on this? Yeah, I don't know what I'm
1: blaming because I don't even remember this. (laughs) I don't even. Whoever told you that is making it up. I don't remember. Okay, all right, all right. No, I don't know. If you claim
0: that's fine, Uh, uh, it's not a court of law. It's not a court of law. Okay, if you claim that, okay. How many weeks you got your first bonus check, and it was at your parents' house. How many weeks until you cashed that check? No clue. Still don't know. I, I New I've been, clue, told, but I will tell been you, told it was weeks before you actually put it in the bank.
1: Possibly. Because, you know what, I, I'll tell people, like, I look at my son who's in college, and when he comes home from the summer, he wants to make money. Yep. That's, if it's green, it's for him. Like he's motivated, he'll knock on doors, he'll cold call, he'll do sales, he'll do whatever he can to make some money. And when I was playing, money was not even in my head. All I wanted to do was play hockey. Right. It didn't matter. So I agree that it probably took weeks, but it shows how because it was a big check. It was probably half million bucks.
0: It was exact. Yeah. I could tell you the exact amount. It was right. three hundred and seventy-eight. after whatever. taxes. There you go. So <laughs> yeah. So
1: the half million. Cut that in half. Right. So. It just shows you that it didn't even, like money, to the side. I was just hockey. focused. It was just hockey. I did buy a new truck. I don't know.
0: I don't know if that's not. But the I did story drive that,
1: that. I did drive that truck for seven years, and yeah. I caused a lot of flack from the other. They're like, oh, I can You can't imagine. be driving that into our parking lot, right? They would say you cannot drive that <laughs> truck. In a, it's not even custom, Kurt. You don't have custom wheels or anything. I know. I'm like, hey. You see how many points I get. You see what I do for a living. This thing gets the job done.
0: All right, last question because we're already yep. over on our time okay. limit here. Uh, I want to talk about six kids. Um, two of them are adopted. Um, what went into the adoption? How do you how do you get the six kids? How do you and your wife yeah. say, yeah, I want it. I want it. I grew up with six. I'm gonna have six. Was that part of it, or no, how really did you not. get there?
1: No, really not. It's so kind of cool. I me, think me and the wife had started having kids right off the bat. Yep. Just it was boom. And we had four boys, and they were easy. You throw them in a room. Like, we thought we were good parents. That's what I'm going to say. Like, <laughs> our cup, if you fill up a cup, we could, like, done a marathon, and we felt that's how good of parents we were, right? Really? Like, without spilling. Like, it was. These kids were easy. Just easy. And my wife, we talked about adoption early on. So even when we were ham, she, like, yeah, had maybe like to get a couple at the end or have an adoption at the end. And we had four boys. And I'm like, well. We can get into – how far do you want me to get into Go, Oh, this? it's your time. Because, um, long story, short story, is my wife went on a mission trip with a family uh, that started an orphanage in Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone had tough, tough. 11 years Civil War blood, and in the whole works, and there was just a ton of orphans. So they – this family adopted to – they were the Schmidt family. They adopted to Emily and John from Sierra Leone. And when they were there, we – my wife, they basically talk to my wife and say, hey, why don't you guys adopt? And all of a sudden, boom, my wife comes home, and she's like, Kurt, we have four boys. Now we're going to have five boys and a girl. I'm like, how does that happen? I'm like, where was the two-for-one deal on this thing? Kinda. <laughs> and we came home with Casey. Who so is when
0: she left for Sierra Leone, on the, did you think you might have a baby coming back with? Not really. And okay, all right. I d- I d- you
1: know what? I was pretty easy going. Yeah. Kids, kids, are, never, kids are a blessing. Um, so more is better. Like there's, there's one thing I get to take to heaven with me. Not everything do I get to, but my kids, Yeah, that's my chance. Right. So, um, definitely never thought that four was the amount or five or whatever God gives us that way. But she went over and, you know, I thought she would actually come home with a girl. And yeah. the first one she came, told me about was little Casey. It was a boy. I'm like, all right, five boys we getting, you know, all right. That's all right. Five boys. And the nice thing about our family is dad had this, Uncle Sid had this table, nice table, and it was like a family heirloom. Yeah. Grandpa had it. And it has these leaves, and he said, whoever has the most kids gets it. Gets it. And lo and behold, we got a lot of fours on there and only one six. So she, my wife actually pushed me over the edge. Got that table. That table's in my front room. Love yeah, it. That's in my dining room. Love so, it. So, but then we uh, came home with a girl, boy and a girl, KZ. Was the boy? Kyle is my little girl. They Who's older? KZ older. Oh, you're like months. four months. Four months. So okay. So she's the little sister month. Month. then. Yeah. She, Technically, yeah. she's a pistol. Yep, she is. You met her. It's, I've met her. She's yes. a lot of fun. Yeah. She's a daddy's little. Is she a girl. hockey player too. She, you know what? She's playing hockey. Okay. She didn't play last year. She's playing this year. She played the year before. Um Yeah. She gets. She ends up in the penalty box a lot. She's that kind of person. I can see that. You know, she, she almost ended up in my penalty box a couple times <laughs> that one weekend. <laughs> yeah, so it was a lot of fun. But anyways, the Schmitz were very thankful for the Schmitz, right? They had John, who actually was a hockey player. Great hockey playing player. Playing football. And then Emily. And then so you and got Are Valentino. they cousins?
0: How are they related? How are so the...
1: John is Casey's uncle. Emily is Kaia's aunt. That so is
0: crazy.
1: Lots of fun.
0: And they're like, boy, they, how many years apart are they?
1: Well, that's, twelve was, years apart, maybe. Yeah, maybe. 12, maybe 15 not, years, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not even. You know, let's go twelve. Yeah. No, that's and great. Not a ton. So it was a lot of fun, but that's where kind of the kids come in. And I, we basically waited in Arizona. We were down there for seven years. I got injured down there, but after seven years, it was a three, probably three year process to get KZ and Kaya home, and then we came home to Minnesota to raise the family. And we ended up in Ham Lake for a stint, and now we. Solidified roots in Maple Grove.
0: But so, you're a Wyzetta family, though, right? Yep. Way school, school district. That's right. All right. Uh, and you, you've mentioned a couple of times you're in real estate. Let's let me help you sell some houses here, or is it homes, yeah, or is it yeah, commercial? Well,
1: actually, commercial. Now I'm taking a new gig with um, Matthews Real Estate Investment Services. Okay. So we do basically investments, whether industrial, retail, multifamily. Are you buying?
0: New, or are you managing?
1: Well, I'm the managing broker. Okay. But we will be selling. Okay. It'll be just like normal real estate. Sell a building like this. Correct. Buy or sell a building like like office buildings. I used. uh, I was the commercial guy at Chris Lindahl. Really, other household Minnesota name. Yeah, right, right. So it, it, it's been – I was there for four years, and then I'm just starting October 3rd, so you caught me in the front. Yes. Yeah, so there's a public announcement right here.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Anything else you'd like to talk about? I zinged you a couple on the on the, the checks and the, oh. and the and the garment bag. Uh, I just uh, – I like to just wrap it up with uh, the sour families. This was to, to expose what a great family they were, not just – as people but as athletes as well um what a what a phenomenal story of, of all these kids um how often do you guys get together with the is 22 it, is it once a year well with the 22 yeah the it's, 22 it's has got to be once together. once a year maybe
1: well m- multiple times you know teen just moved teen's husband Tony's in Grand the Grand Forks right yep he's in the Air Force they were in California so when they come home we got together Thanksgiving we try to get together Christmas we try to get together um, summertime deer season we actually get the guys get together for sure but so it's it's you know what we we love seeing the cousins love each other you know they have each other on snap the whole work so they're having a good
0: time. Well, this is a great time. I know you're 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 running out of time here now that you're a big businessman, right? Right. Uh, right. But I really appreciate your time. It was a I was blasting to meet you this summer. It was even more fun doing it while everyone could hear us talk.
1: No, it was, it was a great time. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it.
0: Kurt Sauer from Sartell, Minnesota, our Minnesotan this week.